Monday, October 18th. Warner Brothers Podcast, Kyle and Keenan. I'm Kyle. Keenan, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I wish I could say I'm good. I, I'm, I've treated yesterday's loss uh, like... It's felt like a, a playoff game loss. I was I was fucking upset all night last night. Oh, like I could not shake it. And then when I woke up this morning and remembered what happened yesterday, I was uh was pretty pretty irritated again. Yeah, no, I I get it. I as a person I'm doing well, but that loss got me because Every time it feels like, as of the last two seasons without Tom, that we are right there to winning, we end up losing those games, the games that we would end up winning before with Tom. And I guess that's just the, that's just him or how the culture was or whatever, but like... Like the fumble at the one year, or the fumble in the red zone from Damian Harris this year. Last year, the fumble against I think the Bills with Cam. Then there was, there's just been so many. Uh, the Bucks even missing that field goal. There's just been so many little instances where it's like, I feel like in the past we win those games, and we just haven't been winning those games. Not that we can't, but we just haven't. Yeah, we definitely have been turning the ball over, especially the fumbles in the running game. That's been happening more than it ever has. So I don't know if that. I don't know if Deflategate's now uh, 100% true and Tom was ordering the uh, deflation of these balls and that was the reason for the fumbles. <laughs> I was some joking here, but, uh, you know, I, it's been weird. Yeah, we, we've been fumbling more than ever. We've fumbled yes. in the red zone more than ever. Um, and I would say these penalties, like we were actually pretty good on penalties most of the game yesterday. And then... You know, not to get ahead. We're not. I mean, we don't have to do the whole review of the game. I'll, you know, I'll pick my spots about what I mm-hmm. want to talk about in the game. Trust me when I say it's mostly has to do with coaching. Yeah, and our offensive coordinator in particular. But uh, <laughs> you've called for his job multiple times over text man, with me, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, there, yesterday after the, I believe it was after the missed field goal. Yeah, it was after the missed field goal before the interception that Mac, the pick six that Mac threw. Mm-hmm. We go, we we run up the middle, and then to follow that, we had a delay of game to put it at what must have been like second and 14, second and 15, because I probably about second and 13 or 14, because I think we gained a couple on the run prior to that. That's something that would never, ever, 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 ever happen with Tom Brady. When you already secured the, I want to say the game, because there's a chance the Cowboys would have got it back with maybe a minute 30 or something like that. I don't know what they would have got it back with, but they would have had it in their own territory off a punt. And instead you're looking at second and long because of a delay of game. That would never in his life happen with Tom Brady. It would never happen with Belichick. That's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm amazed by that's happening. Uh, The penalties definitely were better yesterday compared to in weeks past. Yeah. There was a lot less holding such and such, but that delay of game like that, I could, I knew right then and there that the game was far from over. You know, already, like, the Cowboys probably would have got it back, but we were in good position. I think we had it maybe at the 35-yard line, something like that, I have to look. But uh, that delay of game just set off a chain of events. And then, obviously, the pick six happens the very next play, I believe. Yes, and then, um, and then Kendrick Bourne. And then Mac, yeah, and then Mac Jones 
and Kendrick Bourne reconnect. Like he went right back to him, and then he follows it up with a touchdown. That was that was a crazy turn of events, and it was a you know don't get me wrong, it was a great game, and uh, it's just the games you want to come out on top of. Game you want to come out on top of, and you know I don't think we're necessarily out of the playoff picture. Uh, the Steelers, Steelers winning last night hurt. Like there's a lot of time left. There's plenty of time left, but it, plenty of time I'm, that just those games hurt because we need we need to beat the Chargers. We the Chargers we have to beat them just because yeah. they're a team that's going to be most likely the division, but they may be a wild card team too. You never know if KC gets hot, so or yeah. uh, the Raiders. So like they're a team that's a game we need to win. One thing, thing. Oh, go on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say one thing. Talking about the game real quick. When we got the ball to open on an overtime, and if we had Tom, I would have already thought the game was over. We had Mac Jones, so I didn't feel the game was over. I was like, obviously, it was. I was on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, we just need to get that first first down. We need to just keep it moving. Like. Let's be a little bit creative here. Like, you're hoping for play calls and everything. With Tom, you're never worried about play call. You're just like, okay, late game drive, overtime, we got the ball first. It's going to be at least at minimum three, if not at seven in game, or six in game. It, it was weird. It was It's weird feeling like I don't know what's going to happen because Mac Jones obviously is unproven. He's good, and obviously I think he's, he's obviously the future, but it's just weird because he's unproven because he's so young. Yeah, I mean, we feel like a regular football team because that's what we are now. We are a regular football team. We make mistakes where, you know, we didn't make mistakes before. Uh, you know, the coaching, which is going to be my main my main target here, mm-hmm. is, is it's been questionable, and it really was last year. I mean, honestly, if we want to get right into it. Let's go right into it. You mentioned, well, you mentioned, like, not feeling necessarily comfortable with Mac Jones. I feel completely comfortable with him now. Like, I, you know, whether we're going to score or not, maybe a little less confident than Tom Brady. Obviously, that's Tom Brady. You know, you feel the same way with Tom Brady as if you got Mike or LeBron on your team. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're you confident that your guy's going to get it done. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, all of them. You're like, okay, we're going to get it done. But yeah, go on. Mac Jones, I he throws a pick six yesterday, which went off the hands. So that one wasn't even his fault. Like he's had some picks this year, obviously that have been his fault. The one that led to the pick six by Trayvon Diggs was off Kendrick Bourne's hands. He should have caught it. Could have caught it. Right? Like that a happened. little ahead, but it it wasn't one of those throws where you're like, oh my god, how do you miss it? It was just a, he let him a little much, but still, you, you're a wide receiver in the NFL. You catch those balls. You need to catch that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happens, and it's one that happened at the wrong point in the game. And guess what? They immediately on the next play Made up for turned it. that around. Like, immediately, literally turned it around. Touchdown next play, right? Yep. Uh, I've seen I've seen people get on the defense. I'll say this before I get into Josh McDaniels. I've seen people get on the defense about yesterday. I'm not mad at the defense at all from yesterday. Uh, you know, the Cowboys end up with, what, 28 points, I believe, to win it? Um, the final score? 29-35. 20, so 35 points, we got 29, right? So that's a lot of points. That's arguably the best offense in the league. That's a red-hot offense that we held to 10 points in the first half, right? And we held them on a fourth and one to open the game on mm-hmm. a drive, and we caused a turnover 
at the goal line. That never happens. Like literally on the one inch line, we cause a terminal. And right? and seven of those points aren't us because Trayvon Diggs obviously took it back to the house. So like instead yeah. of thirty five, it's really twenty eight. True. So they do that. They they got a pick off Dak early too. So they had two first half turnovers, which already that puts you in good position. Which mm-hmm. we're the whole game. we're up at the end of the first half. Uh, so I have no no issue with our defense. I mean, obviously, you know, the last play of the game, CD Lamb kind of breaks off, but you know, that's that was really their biggest play of the game. My the the biggest the biggest uh problem I have with the defense yesterday was the Cowboys right before that score in overtime, they get to a third and twenty-five. This never happened. I couldn't believe this. I almost fucking lost my mind. Third and twenty-five, and they pick up twenty-four yards. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, that was yeah. Unbelievable. I, I, that was unbelievable. That how do you? Never, I don't understand how that defense who played, like I said, pretty well most of the game. They give up twenty-four yards on a third and twenty-five. Like, like they were playing know, a lot of zone defense, more zone defense than usual, which means they did not want to get beat deep, which is fine. But you can never, ever, ever let up twenty-four. You know, any, even let up twenty on a third and twenty-five is ridiculous. And it was all in the air. It's not like someone. I'd be even more pissed, obviously, if, uh, or actually, probably I'd be less pissed if someone got it like at ten yards and then broke fifteen. You know, that would be upsetting, but. I'd be a superhero play by that person. You know what I mean? But they he just picked up 24 in the air, and if there wasn't someone there, he picks up that first down easily. Like, he got that 24 out of 25 easily. C.D. Um, Lamb was wide open. Like, it wasn't even, like, a... It was just a pitching... It was backyard. It was just in the backyard. Like, okay, here's pitch and catch. Oh, C.D.'s open. There you are. Like, like that doesn't happen. Like, why why is that happening? Like, what... So, I mean, I don't know who to blame for that, whether it's the defense with miscommunication there, or if it was just the, the defensive call in general, but that was out of all the things that happened yesterday, that was like the one glaring mistake. Like they were, again, I've seen a lot of people on Patriots Twitter, like ripping the defense and Steve Belichick. And, you know, I think people think it's fun to pick on Steve Belichick because of the whole like zoom in on it, mm-hmm. on his look on the sideline. He's got the mullet, he's got his tongue out. Yeah. But like, really, I mean, what do you want? I mean, we held Brady to zero touchdowns. And we gave Zach problems yesterday, or sorry, Dak problems yesterday too. And uh, we got pressure on Dak yesterday too. Judon's playing great. Judon's, you know, looking like a top five pass rush in the league right now. Our secondary, again, is holding these receivers. CD didn't get really off until the second half of the game. Like, our guys did a pretty good job on him. Uh, Amari Cooper was pretty quiet the whole game yesterday. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dak's going to. The Cowboys might be in the Super Bowl this year. You know what I mean? So we went toe to toe with the Bucks and the Cowboys. So you know, no, we there's definitely our defense. It's not only the defense. The defense has been more susceptible to big plays than they've they have been worse than they had been in previous years. But they're not the issue. If the defense can, if the offense would just play and actually be creative and do cool things, then maybe we would. You know, win more games and not have to go down to just those kind of games. Like, there was no reason why, there was no reason why we shouldn't have won the game with how the game went. I don't know. I the don't amount know. Of, so, yeah, I mean, you brought it up, like play calling. Josh McDaniels, as you said, I've been calling for his job. He's he's asking to get fired. Like at this point, I really wonder. I really wonder about him. Um, and by the way, I. Bill Belichick, like, I still think he's the greatest coach of all time. I still think he's the best coach in the league. Like, I would want Belichick over 
any other coach, really, I would. But he's had he's had times in the past when we had Tom Brady. Like, I'll give an example. Yesterday, we're up 14-10. I believe what happened at the end of the first half to let us get into the ball. I don't know if we picked off the, the ball or what. That was the DAC, I believe. The goal line oh, stand. Yeah. Was it? That was right at the end of the first half? Uh, I think it was close to the first half. I think that was a goal line stand. I could be wrong on that, but I thought it was a goal line stand. After the goal line stand, the fumble. And uh, we didn't go for it at all. We had the ball coming to us in the second half. I get that. And I could see if it was maybe 50 or 45 seconds, but a minute and a half, there's no excuse for that. Even if you do what you pat your patented move, uh, throw a screen small run, a pitch, something that you know is going to be completed and run the clock down. Even if that's what you do on first down, I feel much more comfortable with that. You than- know what, Keenan? I wish, I wish you were fucking, I wish you were being sarcastic right now. See, that shit just pissed me off. You just said it. His patented screenplay. Yeah, no, said, it, like, it really is. That's, that's, the patented, that's the patented move at the end of the half is... Not even first- the end of the half. Well, the whole fucking game. It's if true. It's the... It's the screen pass to get the ball. It's, you know, I, yeah, no, I'm, I was not happy. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, last thing about Belichick, I'll get back to Belichick, but you know, I'm, you got me going on Josh McDaniels already. So he, like I said, 90 seconds left, didn't decide to kneel instead of going down the field. Right. That's a Belichick call rather than a McDaniels call. And maybe who knows, maybe it was influenced by McDaniels. I don't know. We've seen him do that. Even with Tom Brady, you know, a couple years ago where we'd get the ball at the end of the half, maybe have it at the 30, 35 yard line, no timeouts, but you got Tom Brady and we'll decide to kneel. We've done that. I remember there's been plenty of times where we've been watching games where we've been like, oh, it's kind of weird, but it's Bill Belichick and he's right eight times out of 10. So you kind of roll with it. And usually in those games, we do end up winning anyway. And it doesn't matter, you know? Yes. Uh, I can think of a specific time. I remember vividly, I don't know why. I just remember, remember, being so upset about it. And I remember nobody brought this up on Twitter. Nobody brought it up in like the post game stuff. And then like, when I questioned you about it, this was years ago. It's like probably seven or eight years ago. Now. Uh, I think this was Kaepernick's first. This is when Kaepernick filled in for Alex Smith. Been 2013. Uh, Must've been. Yeah. 2013. So, and then we, we had him that year and it was, it was a great game. They got up on us big and the Patriots came back. And I remember this. Didn't Aaron Hernandez have a huge game in that game. I don't remember. He might've, he would have either already been in jail or that would have been his last season. I can't remember. But what I do remember is we brought it all the way back. We had time. We could have punted to them. We had it in our own territory. And I want to say it was like fourth and 13. And if we would have punted, we would have gotten the ball back late, but we would go to get, we would have got the ball back regardless. And we went for it anyway in our own territory and we, we didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So the game was effectively over and the, you know, the Niners either scored or they kneeled the rest of the game out. But nobody questioned mine. And I thought that was kind of kind of boneheaded because we had a good defense and we were just, you know, it's fourth and 13 in your own territory. Why not pun? And you're on a hot streak anyway. And like nobody questioned him about it. You know, those are the kind of things that once in a while Belichick would do and you'd be like, man, that's kind of weird. But again, you do some genius shit all the time, you know, i.e. the uh, the eligible receiver thing gets the Ravens in that famous game back yep. in the day in the double 14 point comeback game. And you, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't even matter. Cause you know, in the playoffs, Bill Belichick's going to be better than anybody. Um, and then, you, you know, so I was going to say, so we, you're the game you're talking about. We lost, right? 
Yeah, we ended up losing. Yeah, we lost 40. Okay, so I found the game. December 16th, 2012. It was 41-34. to 34, 49ers won. And Aaron Hernandez actually did have a big game. He had... Damn, he, I remember that. He had nine. He had ten catches, ninety-two yards, and a touchdown. And Brandon Lloyd had ten catches for one hundred and ninety yards. Wow! Brady threw the ball sixty-five times for four forty-three, one touchdown, two picks. That's crazy. I'm crazy that you remember Aaron Hernandez, and it's crazy that I remember the specifics at the end of the game. I guess. Yeah, uh, but that's what we. That's kind of funny. That's that's what we do. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Uh, But building off that, so yeah, Belichick has some questionable decisions, and now they're. You know, they're they're tougher when you don't have Tom Brady, I guess. But McDaniels, let me get to fucking Josh McDaniels because I'm, I'm honestly sick of it. Sick of it. I've never seen such a fucking Madden NFL-ass playbook. Like, this guy will run Mac Jones out of just a regular single back running back, two or three wide receivers, under center, no imagination. Like, it's either going to be a handoff or it's going to be a slant. Something, you know what I mean? Like he has no imagination. I've seen more eye form the last two years than I've seen in ten years in the NFL uh, with a fullback, direct running back behind him. Wonder what's coming there. It's obviously going to be a run. <laughs> he run. I, you know, I don't know what the exact. I think it might be a split eye formation where he's got the halfback to his left, the fullback lined up directly by beside the fullback to or. Directly beside the running back to his right, so yeah. they're like, yeah, parallel behind him. I've never, I haven't seen that formation in like fifteen years. Josh McDaniels is running that. Like, it honestly, seems like he's trying to get fired for some of this shit. I can't believe it. You, uh, you, um, not last year, not the beginning of this year, but the beginning of last year after we drafted the two tight ends in the draft, you were like, it's going to feel like reminisce, reminiscent of those early 2000s Patriots teams. What Josh McDaniel did was hear that and actually think he needed an 04 playbook because this playbook he runs is as old as can be and it's it's treating it as if they don't think Mac Jones is that good. It's like exactly like why even why would you go through cutting cam doing all that give Mac Jones the playbook and not even use him. And when we do use him He's accurate, what, 71% of the time? Like, mm-hmm. the guy doesn't miss. He's he's not going to throw you dumb throws. He's got – that's one thing about Brady that he has. He's not going to give you a dumb throw. Like, he's either going to complete it, maybe hold on to it too long, like yesterday. You know, that might happen. He's going to have his rookie mistakes. But he's he's clearly ahead of other rookies if he's not throwing incompletions, like, at all when he is throwing it. You know, and when you got him in a shotgun, he's noticeably more confident. His body language is noticeably more different. Like he's got a good feel for that offense when they're running their shit. When he was in the, in the no huddle, huddle. he's in the no huddle. He looks like a five year vet. And you know, we all see it. Everyone on Patriots, in Patriots Nation, Patriots Twitter, everyone sees it. Like I've never seen so many fans clamoring for the OC's job. Like if we can all see it, you know, I hope I hope Billy that has a strong talk with him. I mean, he's got to go at the end of the season. Something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unbelievable. We're not using Hunter Henry or John Smith like at all. I, I saw someone say yesterday how great a connection that uh, Mac is developing with Hunter Henry. I'm like, yeah, the one time he gets to throw it to him a game, yeah, like there's I- no that should be. Let's say, let's say Mac was behind the curve, right? Let's say like he was like they really. I mean, they don't trust him, but let's say like everyone didn't trust him, mm-hmm. right? Like it was noticeable that he was kind of behind. That'd be the one thing you'd want him to fall on is those type of big tight ends like Hunter Henry. Yeah, that's, you know what what I mean? you, that's what they're that's, right in the middle of your face. They're in the seam, typically big body, so they have a big catch radius. That's what they're made to do. 
Like that's what I, Hunter Henry is. Like he's meant to do that. Like you would use you should use him as such. Like what? It, I don't know. It, I can't believe it. I mean, like I said, the playbook feels twenty years old. Everything's unimaginative. It's predictable play calling. We know what we're doing. We know what the page is going to do from home. You better believe the fucking defense knows. And you know this happened last week and this week where he somehow gets bailed out. Where he will in a must passing situation. He'll give it, he'll call like a run up the middle with Damian Harris. And Damian Harris will do this thing where, you know, he'll get 15 yards bowling through everybody. Yeah, because he, he runs almost harder too. than anyone else in the league. Like he just, he runs so aggressively. And that, it, bail, it does bail him out. It'll be third and nine. It'll be like, hey, here's a halfback draw, but he'll get 12 because he just, legs keep moving and he pushes the pile. But, and uh, he, he got bailed out last week. We didn't get to talk about the Texans last week and get to record last week, but he had one play, I believe, it was on there their go-ahead drive where I think he ran it like five straight times and Damian Harris, I'm not kidding, from like the 35 or 40-yard line, our 35, 40-yard line to the red zone, got us where we needed to be. And I think he finished off the drive. I don't remember how the drive ended up. Also, in that same Texans game, I've never seen this in my life, Keenan. In my life, I've never fucking seen this, Keenan. Mac Jones starts off the drive. I think he had like a 15, 20-yard pass to Aglahor. Next next play, he's got a good play action to Hunter Henry. Another, like, 25-yard play, and we're in the red zone. I've never seen this in my life. He follows it up with three straight screen plays. I've never in my fucking life seen this. Like, I'm getting upset just talking about it right now. I've never seen it in my life. I've never seen it in my life. I would have fired him on the spot. I've never seen that in my life. We were And, uh, you know, same thing yesterday in... Must win situations, must throw situations. He calls, I don't know how many times I saw a run on first and second down, and then it's a third and seven, third and eight, third and 11 maybe, and you're asking Mac Jones to either A, throw a screen, or B, throw a, a quick little out route in the flat to you know whoever that's obviously not going to pick up anything. Or you're asking him to actually you know go for it, and he's got to maybe use his legs a little bit because you know they're obviously going to blitz a rookie quarterback on third down. Like Mac Jones is not set... Or sorry, Josh McDaniels has not set Mac Jones up for success at all. No. And Mac Jones is still doing well with it. Like, I can't wait for this guy to be free. I hope I hope to God someone fucking hires this guy. I really do. Either hire Mac Jones or please Belichick, just send him home. I can't I can't take another game. Well, let's if I see another game, sorry to cut you no, off. You're but good, you're good. Another, if I see another game like this and we lose and it's like a game that we could have won and it's all on Josh McDaniels, which it's not, but I mean I would give 70% of that blame pipe Josh McDaniels. Yeah. There's no reason why Matt couldn't have thrown with Dak. He did with Tom Brady. He outplayed Tom Brady a couple weeks ago. And we're treating Mac Jones like, I don't even know. We're treating him like Tim Tebow or something. He, I don't know. He it's is, unbelievable. It's frustrating because... Thank God we got the Jets next week. Yeah. We'll oh probably just run. But like, it's frustrating because with... It feels like with Josh McDaniels, like this year felt like... A uh, slightly updated version of a playbook for Cam Newton, even though Cam would have thrived in this playbook more than Mac Jones because of the way they're running it. But even still, for Cam, it would have been basic. This just, if your goal was, okay, hey, here's Mac Jones. Here's the future of your organization. Oh, he seems like he does well in the no huddle. He seems like he does well in, he seems like he does well in the shotgun. Then use it. Like what? Like what are we doing? They, I've also felt like they did this in the past too. But then we just had Tom Brady, and he would like late in games be like, "Okay, I'm, like it almost feels like now we were winning in spite of Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady." Late was just changing the play calls and doing whatever. 
That's be- exactly what I was going to bring up. Because Go early ahead. in game, because early in games with Tom Brady too, it would be like, what? Are, why are we running on first and second down? Like our running back's not even that great, and then you would see them start off the game in a no huddle, and they'd go five for five. Brady sixty nine yards and a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski, or a touchdown over the middle to Julian Edelman. And you're like, oh, well, I feel like we could do that. Like four drives a game instead of one. You know, obviously you need to give your defense a little bit of a break, but at the same time, it's like, well, when we're stalling out every drive, why aren't we just going no huddle? Because Brady clearly has command over the entire field every drive. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to dig into the uh, the Brady Belichick relationship at all and why he left. Because you know, people would point to it was Bill why he left or whatever. Or like Bill didn't didn't give him the, uh, you know, he treated him like every other player instead of Tom mm-hmm. Brady, whatever. But, fair, you know, and, and it's fair, but that we don't need to talk about that. After having a season and a half without Tom Brady and having Cam Newton, I want everybody, every Patriots fan who thought Cam Newton was a problem last year, I want them to give him a personal apology because, man, this is the same shit Josh McDaniels was doing last year with Cam. You got a mobile quarterback who's like 240, 250 pounds, like an unbelievable athlete, and he'd have Cam not even in the shotgun. Same thing he's doing with Mac, under center, eye form, under center, single back, like unimaginative formations. Like, I don't know, you know if people I mean? have ever seen watch the Carolina Panthers, but they're using Sam Darnold like a mobile quarterback because he is. But looking, even watching those games, and this is just the Panthers, it's like, oh, wow, I could have seen Cam doing those bootlegs. Oh, wow, I could have seen Cam in multiple play actions. Oh, not just a power O to the left, like he's a fullback, like he's Mike Allstott. Let's see, let's get him on creative runs. Let's get him moving and on the move so he's more effective than just sitting there in the pocket running elementary style pass routes to, oh, here's the post, here's the cut, and then here's the in route. Choose one. Like, it... There's no imagination there, and it literally None. drives me crazy watching these games. And I haven't even been able to even watch all of them. And I'm almost semi glad I haven't been able to because I'd probably be more so where you are. But in the games I have watched, it's been like, okay, so we move the ball. Like when when Mac had to go no huddle, or when Mac when Brady went down and scored, and Mac went right back down and scored. It was like oh, so they kind of opened the playbook and let him run quick routes. They let him do his thing, and Mac Jones is pretty good. I mean, he won a national championship under Nick Saban. He he knows how to play football. You took him fifteenth overall. Let him be a quarterback. Exactly. Like I I don't understand the the trust they don't have in him. Whether it's McDaniel's, whether it's Belichick, whether it's both, I don't understand it. Um. And get to get back, like I don't, I don't want to say on this too much. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people are entertained by, uh, you know, no one's feeling bad for Patriots fans after oh, what God we've no. had. God, but uh, you know, I'm sure this is kind of entertaining for them to hear us talk about this, all the non-Patriot fans. But uh, you know, go back to Brady's last season real quick, and like even his last few, where people were always complaining. Like it really makes me think about like these these wide receiver misses that we've had with under Belichick that people will say really makes me wonder if it was really McDaniels this whole time. Like, I really wonder. Yeah. Like, like for instance, like Pete Carroll's going to, he's, he's reached out to cam. It really makes me like if cam gets signed by the Seahawks where they're going to have him in like Russell Wilson type stuff. makes me wonder how he do. I, you know, Nikhil Harry hasn't done anything for us in the three seasons he's had, but I didn't want us to give him up this year. Cause you know, what if he goes somewhere and they actually know how to use him? Like, I would not be surprised. Like, a lot of this stuff, like, Brady looked 
not washed up, but Brady looked closer to the end than what he does now. Of course, his last year in New England, because and, I, and of course he has a bunch of players now. But like, I mean, he's mm-hmm. still throwing wise mechanic. Like he still looks better than he did than you remember him in the last game he played in Tennessee. He looked, and, uh, yeah, looks much better. And it was the same playbook. McDaniel's wasn't calling shit. He was being really conservative, and you know. I think we all looked at it the same way we looked at it last year. Oh, Cam and Brady have no weapons. You know, now I'm I'm definitely looking at Josh McDaniels completely different. I've been on his case, like you said, for about two years. But now, like, it's clear that it's been him. And he was even doing this when Brady was, like, in his prime. Like, at his peak, it seemed yeah. like they would be like, man, well, I don't know about that play call. But again, you'd let it slide because Brady would pull something out of his ass and we'd be okay maybe on a third and 12 or whatever or or even Belichick would make up for it. But, you know, I feel the same way about Josh McDaniels as I did about Matt Patricia when we were winning Super Bowls and he was on our roster. Like, I just feel like he's holding us back. Like, I, I hope he's got, like, Josh McDaniels got to be gone. Matt Patricia so much. And I hate Josh McDaniels more right now. And all Patriots fans are the same. Like, oh. if, if, we, if, if this guy's back, I'm serious. If he has, like, three more games like this and it's clear, and he's not fired midseason. I don't know if I can take watching a game. Like I'll watch all the, you know, I should watch all the games, but I, I can't yeah. take the play call. It's unbelievably terrible, unbelievable. Like I've, I've never seen anything like it. It, uh, like right now, I'm talking to you. I got my hands over my head. Like I'm, like I just watched the game. Like I can't, no, I can't. I'm even. upset. No, I understand. Oh man. So. Well, there's that. Yeah, uh, the NFL week, otherwise, was it was an intra- an entertaining week. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great NFL season. So we haven't talked much about other teams the last couple times because it's been last time was the Brady, obviously Brady Belichick game, and then it was this game, which just upset us majorly. So we haven't really gotten to much on other teams, but no, the, the league's been fun this year for sure. It's been great, and you know what? Honestly, like we. We're going straight into the NBA here. That's about all I have for the NFL today as far as my capacity because uh, yeah, I'm still, as you can hear, pretty upset about pretty, yesterday's yeah. game. I can't, I can't take another series of Josh McDaniels play calling. Like, if he opens up against the Jets with some, with some fucking three, three straight runs or, you know, two runs and a screen, like, I'll, I don't know. I might just shut off the game right there. I don't know. <laughs> And go does, does it, hopefully scream. next hopefully next week we could probably even dive in more to other teams cool because you know we should handle the jets i sure hope we hand if we don't handle the jets i'm going to be really upset i understand it's a division game and division games are harder but if we don't handle the jets i'm gonna be really upset <laughs> we need to handle have, the jets sorry i have two I think there's a few things I didn't bring up. Let me just la- bring up these last few things, all right? Yeah. One, let me stick with Josh McDaniels right here, and then I have one for Belichick. Yep. Josh McDaniels, two things he did that I did not understand. This is what I mean by, like, trying to be fired, all right? We had a third and short. I can't remember if it was the first or second half. I believe it was the first half. It might have been the second. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But it was a critical third and short, right? Can you just said in the middle of this conversation that Damian Harris runs maybe harder than anybody in the league. Yeah, he had, he gave to Brandon Bolden when Stevenson was running hard too. Like those are your two options on a, on a third short. The give usage it to of Brandon Bolden get like, I understand on passing <laughs> downs because he's a good blocking back and has solid hands. But other than that, why do we use him? 
And he's had good runs. Like he's done, he's done good out of the backfield this year. Like I have no problem with that on third and short. I do. And if you're going to run him on third and short, at least have a full back in front of him. They went single backfield with Brandon Bolden, who's not a power runner at all. And he obviously gets stopped. Then we punt. That makes no sense. This one, literally he should have been fired for. There was, I don't know, 20 seconds left in the game and we had it probably on the 25. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was a touchback off the, off the kick after yeah. the, uh, after the field goal, mm-hmm. right? We have no timeouts. Instead of kneeling, what does he do? They run a draw play for Damian Harris and put the ball in play and then let the clock run out. Why? Why not kneel? Like, he could have fumbled there and then, you know, and then you're in field, you know, like, why even run that? Kneel it like everyone else. They had no problem kneeling at the end of the first half when they had all kinds of time. Now they want to they wanna run a bullshit play. Just in case he breaks one, but like, okay, cool. Like, cool. If he breaks one, like, fine. No, we've conceded. We're going to overtime. He, Damian Harris, isn't like a fumble you normally problem, but he's fumbled a few times this year. Let's not put it in harm's way again to where, like, you know, I completely agree with that. Yeah, so I have no clue what the hell Josh McDaniels is thinking. I'm done with him. So, my biggest, my biggest concern with Belichick, who is. They've run the stats on this. He's like great on challenges because he doesn't just challenge anything. He'll challenge something, you know, when he absolutely needs it. Mm-hmm. There's a play, I believe this was in the first half. Jacoby Myers looks to pick up a first down, right? He's over the line when he catches it. Yeah. Gets tackled behind the line. But like even when he gets tackled, he's, you know, right around the line of scrimmage. No timeout. No challenge. Like it should have been challenged. Like it was close. Belichick doesn't even try to challenge, runs the punt team onto the field, and then that's when we get the punt block. It made no sense. He didn't even look at it. Like, he didn't even try to challenge it, didn't even question it. Like, they were all discombobulated, ran the punt team onto the field, and, you know, they were hardly even set up clearly because then they get it blocked. Like, it's, it was so on Belichick like. Like, I don't, you know, stuff like that makes his team unrecognizable. And it yeah, really it I, feels like he's pressing. Hey, Pressing or like trying to lose, like I don't understand it. It like it's not the page. It's not the Bill Belichick I know. Uh, Josh McDaniels is trash. That's the last time I'm gonna mention his name on the podcast. I hope today, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for them. I'm ready for the NBA. If you got any more Patriots comments, please end I'm, it. No, uh, I'm I'm good. I don't need to end this. We better handle the Jets. That's on to New York. That that's it. That's it. We just better handle the Jets. That's all I have to say. And I'm done. End scene. Patriots over. NBA. I am stoked. I'm as I was talking to you about before. Stoked. Yeah, I said the word stoked. <laughs> as I as I was talking to you before, I wasn't really thinking about the NBA because the NFL's been so good from the jump. But going over and looking through all the rosters again, remembering the offseason moves. Writing, thinking about who's going to be where and do what, it was like, okay, I'm ready. Okay, this season's going to be a fun one. So I'm I'm ready for this season. I'm definitely ready for this season. I mean, that's perfect, Keen. I got some, uh, I got some questions for you then. Okay, okay. If you're ready to talk NBA. I, I'm fully ready to talk NBA. All right. So, first question for you. Yeah. And I think these, you know, we'll give our predictions, but... I think these will kind of narrow down our predictions. You know what I mean? That way it's not so cut and dry back and forth. So out of these three, out of these three, we're going to give you three shooting guards, all right? And you're going to tell me who you take out of these three. Okay. 
And maybe if you want, even after rank them one, two, three, all right? Okay. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. I take Devin Booker one, Donovan Mitchell two, Bradley Beal three. Really? Brad Beal three? Yeah, and I, I, I think all of it's by a hair. And I guess for me it's... And this isn't even fully Bradley Beal's fault. I guess for me, obviously the postseason matters, and I like to see what we have in the postseason. So, and with Bradley Beal, he just hasn't had many chances to be in as many cha- many chances as of late to be in the postseason. So, mm-hmm. I like Devin Booker. I think is a better playmaker than both of them. I like Devin Booker. Obviously, is a scorer. As they both are too. I think out of all of them, Bradley Beal's probably the best score by a hair over Devin Booker. But I think all around, I think all around, well, they, even defensively, I think they're around the same defensively. I think Donovan Mitchell's probably the best. But yeah, I would go pretty good on defense you know, last all, year. Yeah, all three of them are all, all three of them are actually good defenders. So like, I think Donovan Mitchell's by a hair a little better than Devin Booker and uh, Bradley Beal. But honestly, I think they're. I think it really comes down to the playmaking ability of Devin Booker because honestly, across the board, otherwise they're kind of almost washes. Like scoring wise, Bradley Beal's an edge. Devin Booker and them are um, him are the same defensively. Rebounds they don't really matter to either one of them. That's not what their strong suit is. So I would say by a hair, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal. But if you had any of them won, I wouldn't be mad. I would say. I would say as far as the playmaking goes, I think I think Donovan Mitchell's Donovan Mitchell might be one for me for playmaking. I think he's got some good passing. Uh, Booker's definitely improved on his playmaking, mm-hmm. and I would say either way, those would be one and two in playmaking with Bradley Beal being third. Yep. Um, I think my rankings. I think I would have Devin Booker one as well. Maybe it's 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 between him and Beal. I think Beal Bradley Beal's honestly been kind of a little overrated, like. Over the last year and a half, like he's don't get me wrong, he's been balling. He's been, uh, believe he led the league in scoring last year. Yes, I think and, so. And uh, he, he's definitely in his prime, but like, I don't know. Like, and actually, every, I think Steph may have ended up taking it from him in the last couple okay, games. Yeah. So I think Steph went, led the league in scoring last year. But uh, you know the way people people talk about him because you know people assume like he's gonna. People I'm talking about, I'm like asking out of Washington for two years when he's like, he hasn't even said it. He's like pretty committed to the Wizards, actually. Weird enough, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And, uh, you know, people have been like acting like it's like, I don't know, KD or someone like that or Steph or, you know what I mean? Like, that's how people have been talking about Brad Beal being like the next guy. Like, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. He's great. And he's, he can get a shot anywhere. His shot making is incredible. Yeah. I would give uh, Devin Booker shot making. Just a hair over him. Like his shot creation is probably a little better than Brad Beal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd probably rank it Booker, Brad Beal, Donovan Mitchell. I'm a fan of all three though. Um, yeah, for sure. And then I got another another threesome pick for you. Okay. Not a literal threesome of uh, these three players, but uh, LeBron, <laughs> yeah, <enough> KD, <laughs> LeBron, KD, and Giannis. KD, Giannis, LeBron. Is your ranking? Mm-hmm. KD, Giannis, LeBron, out. And I get it, I and would. I get it, because Giannis won the championship, so if you put Giannis 1, KD 2, LeBron 3, or if you feel like LeBron was just off of injury last year, I know you're not, I don't think you feel that way, but if you put Giannis 1, I completely understand, and I yeah. no argument here, but for me personally, 
Kevin Durant, Giannis, and then LeBron. As of right now. Yeah, I don't want to make this sound like LeBron hate, so I don't want any, uh, you know, LeBron sexuals coming after us. But I'd probably have LeBron at three at this point. Get right. He's old. Go, like, let him let him be older. Like, it's fine. It's like, fine, right? And he's still like he's still obviously a top five or ten player. Like, yeah, still five, top five or ten, easy. But just not probably not able to carry a team the way Giannis and Durant do right it's now. It's the same way as Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is still a top five quarterback. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are just a little better than him. They're younger. It's fine. LeBron's thirty. He's not going to be the best player in the world forever. Like. So he, right, right now, I think Kevin Durant's better, and I think Giannis is better. That That is just how I feel, and it's not like a hate towards LeBron. I think he's obviously phenomenal, but that, that's that. I was... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's that. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'll go... I would go... I'll go 1A, 1B, KD, and Giannis, and mm-hmm. a 3 LeBron. Um, I've got 3 for you, actually. And I've said the same. Okay, cool. When, when, you're I said, ready. when you're ready, I said this about Kawhi after the 2019 season, where where LeBron might be the best player, but Kawhi's got the crown. So like Durant might be the best player, but Giannis got the crown right now. That's fair. Go ahead. That's give, fair. Give me a three. Give me a three. I think J Cole has the crown rapping. Kendrick's a better rapper. Like so, I think it's kind of. No. So I think it's fair to have those kind of things. But my three is Luca, Harden, Steph. Damn, that's a good one. That's a real good one. I, whew, man. It's it's tough because on every like on any given day, like off the top of my head, so I would go I would go Steph, Luca, James Harden. Man. Uh-huh. I, I would have that same order and it's really tough because you could talk me about any of them. So for me, I I wouldn't put Steph over Harden, but like again, you could make an argument that Harden's better than Steph. Like you could try to make that argument, and it wouldn't be a dumb one. I personally wouldn't, but you could make that argument. Yeah, Luca, Luca, and James Harden are so much alike. Like they, they are, are they're a lot alike as far as how they how they get their points. Um, Luca, Luca's six eight mm-hmm. compared to both these guys. Um, so I give Luca the edge right now. I mean, obviously, you know, you asked me another day, I may have Harden too. Right now, Curry number one, just because, you know, somehow we talked about this last year. Somehow his shooting got better last year, yeah, which is unbelievable. Um, he averaged so. thirty-two on 48, 42, 92. I was looking. I'm looking at it now just because I was looking to see if he averaged more than Beal, and he did. But yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's stick with uh, let's stick with the topic of Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Give me who's getting the better season out of the West. We hear these two compared a lot. They're both both European, uh, unbelievable passers. Yeah, both in the West, both young rising stars. One of them was MVP last year. So, yeah. what team do you have more confident? Who has a better season this year? Uh, Nuggets or Luka's Mavs? Who, Mavericks who? by two games. All right. I I just have the records written down. I have the records. I have the records for all the playoff teams. I didn't care anyone who didn't make the playoffs. I don't care what your record is. But for all the for all playoff teams, I have the Mavericks winning fifty games. I have the Nuggets winning forty eight. Why are they the four and five seeds? They're the the five and six. The five. Wow. So you could have loaded Western. All right. All right. 
it, but right. like the difference between eight and one is only thirteen games. So like I think it's like I think the West is really good. I just think it's crowded. Like last year, it was only thirteen games between the Warriors, who went thirty nine and thirty three, and then the Jazz, who went fifty two and twenty. So it was only thirteen games between them two, and I think it's gonna be something similar this year. All right, all right. Uh, going off that, let's see. All right. Which one of these young Eastern Conference teams do you have more confidence in, all right? Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Hawks or the Celtics of Boston? Um, I have more faith in the Hawks by two games, actually, <laughs> which is really <laughs> weird that it's by two games. But, yeah, no, I have the Hawks 48-34. and 34. I have the Celtics 46-36. and 36. 48 wins for the Hawks. All right, tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me about the Hawks because that's that's a team I think if I had to pick out of all of them, yeah, maybe slips a little bit, maybe not necessarily out of the playoffs, definitely not out of the playoffs, but slips a little bit. Doesn't have the success they had last year. I and especially since they didn't, you know, they were they were out of the playoffs pretty much up until I don't know what was they it, got the last, really hot in the last like games. thirty games. Once once they switched their coach, once they put Nick McMillan in there as coach, they uh, their season switched around. So go ahead. So obviously they have a good coach in Nate McMillan. We clearly have seen that over the fact that he turned the whole entire season around and brought them to the Western or East Western Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they, I have faith in Trey Young. I really like Trey Young. Obviously, it's kind of hard not to like him. The playoffs kind of showed he has that next level edge to him because a lot of players are really good, but you get great by having that edge. And Trey Young feels like he has that edge. Bogdan, John Collins, Kevin Hoyter, Gallinari, Cam Reddish, Lou Williams, and then I like the I like Jalen Johnson and DeAndre Hunter. Like they just have a lot of shooting. They have some depth. Oh, I didn't even mention Queen Capella, but they have shooting, they have depth, they have athleticism. And I think in today's game, that works, obviously, to being successful. So I like them a little. But also, you could tell me that they could be worse than the Celtics, and I wouldn't be like, oh, wow, that's weird. Like, they're two games apart, so obviously they could be. But personally, I think that shooting and I think the athleticism from the Hawks and and last year getting to the conference finals, I think builds their confidence, especially them being a young team. I think they have a little better season than the Celtics. Hawks got a lot of players I like. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players you just stated off. I like the Celtics roster a little better. I mean, you know, you could say I'm a homer, whatever. But uh, I mean, it's not. It's I'm, not like it's a crazy take. It's not like you're saying the Celtics are better than the Nets. So it's, right, that makes that makes sense. It's not like they're a bad team. Want to bring up again? Celtics had zero games of their full roster last year, so we didn't get one one game of a healthy roster last year. And uh, you know they got Jalen and Jason still not even in their prime yet. Like mm-hmm. Jalen's twenty five, turning twenty six soon, and uh, Tatum's still only twenty three. So he'll be turning twenty four this season. Actually, at some point. quick Mark- question, just yeah. on, on the same topic, and then you can go on to why they think the Celtics will do a little better. Trey yeah. Young or Jason Tatum? Tatum. Okay. Tatum for sure. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure because uh, I know that's like they're obviously they're two different players, but they're on that same caliber, you know? 
So yeah, uh, I was just curious. You know, if we're going, I don't want to give too much intel here because uh, we got <laughs> we got a draft here in under an hour. By the way, yes. But if we're going fantasy, I would pick Trey Young probably before Jason Tatum. Oh yeah. And she just puts um, up more numbers, but I mean, obviously, fantasy and being a like I would take Jokic before most, like maybe anyone in the league. But I don't think Jokic is the best player in the league. So I'll say this about Trey Young: he a he he seems like this this uh, this generation's Reggie Miller. Yeah, you said uh, he's hard not to like. I think a lot of fans, I think Knicks fans would disagree. I think Sixers fans would disagree. So I, I guess um, I guess when you when you don't have him against you. I guess he's like hard. I guess he's polarized. He's kind of like Reggie, like you were saying. Like it's love or I hate him. For me, it's hard not to like just because I like that confidence and the swagger he brings to every game. For sure, Trey Young's nasty, borderline unguardable. Like he, he is. He like there's a lot of comparisons with him and Steph because obviously they're getting pretty similar. Yeah, in some ways, but he's like he's so. He's quick and like he's straight line fast. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. look it, but like he's he's so hard to stay in front of. Like he's incredibly hard to stay in front of. He, yes. he legitimately gives great defenders problems. Uh, Jason Tatum though, been to the conference finals twice. You know, once at nineteen. He ever since he came into the league, and I guess you could say this for Trey Young too. But I, I give Tatum the edge of being six eight here. He can get a shot anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, More efficient than Trey Young. I think Tatum's gonna have an incredible season. I think Trey Young's gonna have an incredible season too. But I think Tatum. I think it's gonna be the one where we're like, I don't know. We could see a twenty-eight, thirty per game type of season Ooh. from Tatum. Ooh. Could see it. Uh, I, I don't like. think it's crazy, but like, okay. And uh, the Celtics. My main reason for, you know, I think they're kind of a sleeper for me. I don't want to give that away because that's actually one of my questions. But uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be. They're kind much of a gritty like, team. A gritty team, and much like their last season with Hayward, they're just going to be tough to score on. Like there's, there's going to be lineups, and they have Jalen, Jason, Marcus. Marcus Smart's going to be running the points. You're going to have Marcus Smart, Jalen, Jason, Robert Williams, and then whoever out there. Dennis Schroeder, whether, Josh Richardson. Whether, whether it's Josh Richardson, whether it's Horford, they're going to be able to guard every single body and be able to switch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're going to be tough to score on. And then on top of that, they can get their own points. And they got shooters everywhere. They got Neesmith, who came along great last year. Pritchard, who has <laughs> unbrittled confidence. Like, that guy can shoot from he anywhere. He feels like a hometown hero. He just, like, you know, he just he feels like Boston. He's he's right up there with, like, Boston fans love him right up there with Marcus Smart. Like, he's close. Marcus yeah, he's, Smart's obviously he's, he's the captain. Yeah, right, except for, except for our boy Nate. But, uh... <laughs> We got Dennis Schroeder on a discount. So, I mean, we got a deep team. Neesmith, Romeo Langford's finally healthy, hopefully. And if so, that's another shooter, another defender, another 3 and D type of guy. Uh, and Robert Williams, if he can stay healthy, like we've seen the dude just be ridiculous. And Horford basically had half a season off. He's older. He's he's a little long in the tooth compared to a couple years ago. But he's very he's very Draymond Greenish. You know what I mean? He does a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's a Swiss Army um, knife incredibly smart player so you know we'll see that could i don't think that'll go badly brad obviously brought him back for a reason like he wants him back and this coach this coach is looking for ball movement which is what made these uh brad steven teams great mm-hmm. in the past the ball movement and the grittiness and i think we're gonna get back to that like i really think it's gonna be the celtics team celtics fans are used to seeing these uh you know basically every season aside from last year under the brad tenure and now you know brad's obviously moved up to uh 
the president. Yep. So, so yeah, Celtics over the Hawks. I think, I think Celtics might get to that four seed. Um, and I'll leave that there because I think I think they're my sleeper in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Uh, give me your two sleeper teams. Give me one in the East and give me one in the West. Um, the Heat would be my sleeper if you think they're a sleeper. I don't. I think they're outright contender. Okay. Then in the East, then it would well, be... I mean, if, you think, if, you think, if you think they're a sleeper, go ahead and tell me why you think they're well, a sleeper. No, I don't think... Like, I don't know. I mean, they're just not considered normally... Like, it would be... When you think of it, it's Milwaukee, the 76ers, and Brooklyn, and then I would say the Heat would be there. So I don't... I personally don't feel like they're sleepers. I feel like people know they're coming. But I would say those are the four true contenders, and then I would say whoever after that would be a sleeper. And that's oh, why I would give this, okay. I'd give the season nod over maybe someone like the Hawks because the season been there a couple times. And oh. I think, and I think the Hawks were only there because of, you know, a team we might talk about here in a little bit. Okay. That um, filled the drama of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. And um, then give me a true sleeper. If you want, sounds okay. like you think they're a contender too. So I, yeah. So a sleeper, I would say the bulls too. I really like the Bulls. For, the, for, the, for a contender? Well, are we talking for a championship contender? That's so, what it is. Yeah, okay, what, so, what okay then I would I would say then the Heat, I guess, because I don't think past Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Miami, I don't really have one. First, I guess it would be the Hawks, because I think the Hawks are a little bit better than the Celtics, and they would be their next in line, so I guess it would be the Hawks, but... Yeah, so I guess it'd be if these are the Heat or the Hawks, and if we don't feel the Heat are a sleeper, then it'd be the Hawks. Interesting. And then, and then I mean, so, it's all what you feel, not what, not what you know what I mean. So whatever you feel. So I, I was would, surprised you didn't have Miami as an outright contender because I feel like I feel like that'd be my top four too. Would be Heat, Sixers, Nets, Bucks in some order. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay, so I was to say those are my top four. I don't have to give the order out, but those are my top four. So if a sleeper, and then I'd give the Hawks. And I do feel like I think this is what you're saying too. I feel like the Nets and the Bucks are on another level, maybe than the next two and the Sixers and the Heat. But I do think there's a world where, you know, if if they get an injury or if they maybe get another player pick up, you know, who knows what? You know, who knows what happens during yeah. the year that the Heat and the Sixers could be right there, uh, especially the Sixers given their whole Ben Simmons situation. Because I think either, I think either Simmons, you know, either he'll stay and actually improve and. You know, it'll work out. Could mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they hold on to to the trade deadline and they actually get a good package for him because that's why he's still there. Is they didn't get a good package for him. You know what yeah. I mean? If they had a good package for him, they would have traded him. They called him on his bluff, and here he is. He's back. He doesn't want to lose all that millions of dollars, which I can't blame him. Of course, so, he's not. He's he's not at the Kyrie level financially, so he doesn't want to lose all that money. Right, Kyrie's so, a whole other story that I don't want to get into. Um, we'll eventually talk about him, but. I, uh, I don't so. know. <laughs> Uh, my sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. My, I was gonna say my sleeper in the West would be the Mavericks. Okay. I think I with I was gonna say I was just gonna quickly explain with the way the injuries are with Jamal Murray probably missing all the season, maybe coming back for the playoffs. How uh, I mean, Clay's pro. I think Clay probably will be back by Christmas, if not beginning of the year. With the way he says he's gonna be full contact practice by mid November, so I think. He'd probably be back by Christmas time, I would assume. Obviously, we don't know. He could be have a setback, could not. I think Phoenix takes a little step back. Obviously, 
And then you have the Clippers, who have no Kawhi. I think I think if everything plays out right, Luka could kind of go on what you would think of more, a little bit more talented, but like an 07 LeBron-ish run. You know how it's kind of yeah. just like him against the world in a way. I think mm-hmm. Luka could get that. So I would have them as my sleeper. I have in the West as my sleeper, I would have the Nuggets. That's and interesting. The only, reason, only reason I don't have the Mavericks there is because their coach is Jason Kidd. And, uh, <laughs> okay. He, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he was the coach of the Bucks at one point, coach with Giannis. And I don't know if you've read some of the experts about him, uh, what some of the stuff he did when he was coach of the Bucks. It was some insane shit when he was the coach of the Bucks and the Nets. So that dude is. He might be good for Luca because Giannis said like he's part of the player he is because of Jason Kidd. But for the rest of the players on the team, like your average player, yeah. it seems like Jason Kidd's pretty hard to get along with. Okay. And uh, even just game to game, it doesn't seem like Jason Kidd's the best coach like, as far as schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Milwaukee took off as soon as Jason Kidd left. Yeah. So, you know, Luca's Luca's going to be exactly like what he was like with Rick Carlisle. The ball's going to be in his hands a lot. He's going to put up the stats, and he's going to be able to, you know, carry a team. He might be able to go on that 07 LeBron run. Uh, if he had a bit of a better coach, I would agree with you. But you know what? It might not even matter. He might be that good. It might not even matter. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think not, that would be my sleeper. Definitely. Nuggets, I go with because now they got a full training camp with, uh, I think Mike Malone's a great coach. I do too. He does a great job with that roster. They got a full training camp now with Aaron Gordon. Who is still young could be an impact player. I don't think he's necessarily going to be an all star or anything like that, but I do no. think he'll help the team. And I, you know, I like the rest of their roster. They will be without Jamal Murray, like you said. Um, they depend kind of like if Bull Bull will actually play, then he could actually he, become a piece. And Michael Porter Jr. needs to take that next step, and then they could definitely do something. Which uh, these fantasy leagues are projecting Michael Porter to do because they got this guy going high. I yes. can't believe how high they got Michael Porter Jr. going. But uh, yeah, he's going to take that next step. And then, you know, if Jamal Murray happens to come back maybe around March or April and it does well for him, that could be a sleeper team. It's not something I'm betting on, but it's a team yeah. that, you know, out of that next group, I can see happening. I think Gilbert's going to have another phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better than expected. And, you know, who knows with the trade, this and that, this and that. But, uh, yeah, you don't and, expect. I mean, obviously, sleepers you don't expect to go all the way. That's why they're sleepers. So definitely, you and, uh, your money on it. You mentioned Bull. You mentioned Bull. Bull. Uh, I think he's just a hologram at this point. Like I don't know if he's real. I don't know what he is. Kind of like Mobamba, who you know had had a preseason of legends. So he. I don't know if Mobamba is going to be a person this year or not, or if you know that was like the highlight of his career in preseason, but. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know. I don't. I really don't understand. Like Bull, Bull, I feel like he's a person who should play more. Like he has so much skill. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess it'd be only a size thing since he has to play defense and he's small. Like, but I feel like yeah, you can hide that. Weight the same size as me, probably. But yeah, you like, know, but I feel like you. Can, I feel like you can work with that. I don't know. So, you mentioned the Suns. Yeah. Which contender do you have? Which contender with an aging superstar? Do you like more? Do you like the Suns or the Lakers more? The Lakers. Sell me on that because I don't see it with the Lakers yet. Because uh, I feel like they have a lot of questions, and I feel like the Suns have less questions. But go ahead. Um, I feel as if I think with the Lakers, I think with the Lakers, it's going to take time because they have. This isn't like it was in Miami. 
when LeBron got this kind of big three, obviously it's like name recognition wise is similar. It's comparable to uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Paul, Chris Bosh. I think this one's going to take even more time than that because obviously they started that season nine and eight, and then they ended up going to the championship that year, losing to the Mavericks. I think this is going to take time because you have conflicting skill sets in LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, but they both need the ball. Yeah, they both do. I think, but I do think over time, I do think over time they're going to be able to make it work. I think LeBron, they'll be able to make it work if LeBron can commit to being a post player. So you think LeBron's gonna? I think LeBron needs to go. I, I think LeBron needs to take a little bit of a page out of the book of Michael Jordan and Kobe and become a force on the block. That's personally how I feel. I think it will help him because in the playoffs, you can switch that up a little bit because obviously he's been there, done that, and you want the ball in LeBron's hands. But definitely during the regular season, I think he needs to be the third best player. He'll naturally be the second, but like I think Anthony Davis needs to be their best player for them to be the most successful. In my personal, for the regular season, that is. Because once it's in the playoffs, it's a different game. It's a different style. It's a different, and I bet my money on LeBron when it comes to a lot of things. So Yeah, but who, who's playing with him and who's playing defense on the squad is the question. Anthony Davis, I, LeBron can play defense still. I know he's, I would say he played much better defense last year than he did the year before. Westbrook can D up if he wants to. Again, does he? I, what? But I, he think, does do but I also think that he's in a situation to where he has to do less offensively, so he has more effort to extend on the defensive end. And obviously, Anthony yeah. Davis is a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. So, so, so what, what's, what's, what's Westbrook's role going to be on offense? In the regular season and playoffs, I'm confused because I mean, neither him or LeBron are spot up shooters here. Um, I think you can have Westbrook play a 2012-2013 Dwayne Wade, which is what, which, which is a, which is going to be working off the ball and say obviously having the ball when need be, running a second unit. You're going to have a rotation to where they don't have to be on the floor always in the regular season, but in the postseason you're going to have a rotation. In the postseason you're going to have a rotation. You're going to see Westbrook work off the ball and you're going to see work off the ball cut and they're going to have they're going to be a ball movement ball sent, kind of moving offense. They're going to have to be if that's going to work out. And I think they, I think it will be able to work out. But I understand the reservations. I do. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that from you, especially because you're not the biggest Westbrook guy, and I, I, just don't, I don't see the match at all. I don't see. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. A lot of questions with this team. There, there um, is a lot of questions, but oh, which is why I, which is why I kind of go towards the Suns a little more because I don't think they have. I think the only question you ask with the Suns is. Can Chris Paul stay healthy? Which is the same question you have as with LeBron at this point. Um, the most games LeBron's played with the Lakers so far is 67, and that was in the bubble short in season. Mm-hmm. So both of his other full seasons got cut short. So, you know, and that's always the question with Chris Paul. He's actually stayed a little bit more healthy during the regular season. Obviously, he gets hurt in the finals last year, it seemed to be. Like, he always seems to get hurt at the worst times. Yeah. Um, I think they have less questions. You have you're bringing back Aiden Booker. They just signed Mikel Bridges, I believe, today. Signed him to an extension. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul. 
they got better. They got uh they got Landry Shamit. Let me let me check out their roster because they got see uh, and also with the Lakers. I'm just the Lakers adding Melo helps. You've got a shooter because he has turned himself into a knockdown open shooter. You've got Trevor Ariza. He's been there. He's done that. I like I like him Trevor, on that Trevor team. Reza, Trevor Ariza's washed. I I like him in spots of I like he's going to be. He's I, washed. I don't think he's I don't think he's washed in the right system. I I don't think he's gonna be I don't think he is washed. I think he will be able to play good minutes in the postseason. I think That's obviously a- having Wayne Ellington as a shooter on the wing, Wayne Ellington's a very good shooter. I like these are the things that you have to look forward to. I I also think if they're smart they use Malik Monk often because he actually played well last year. If you tell me to bet on what year seventeen, Trevor Ariza and Wayne Ellington? Well, I'm telling you to bet on Melo, LeBron, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis, which is a lot. That's a that's an interesting foursome to bet on for sure. It is, but I mean, like, I I can't. I don't see the fit. Like, especially with LeBron and Westbrook, I think they're going to be good. Like, I think they're probably. I still think they're probably better equipped to even go to the Western Conference Finals if they all stay healthy. That's the thing with Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy. Um, and the well, Western- yeah, obviously, if health is... I mean, obviously, if they're not healthy, they're, but no one's going to win if they're not healthy. So, like, I'm presumably yeah. saying they're going to be healthy. And the Westbrook-LeBron fit, I think it'll be okay in the regular season, like you said, if they're alternating. But uh, I don't see it. I don't see it in the postseason. And like you said, if I, if I got to rely on Trevor Ariza and Wayne Allenton in the postseason, I mean, I think I'm going to take... Like look, we got the Suns roster right here: DeAndre Ayton, Booker, Mikel Bridges, <clears throat> Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. They have Javale McGee now as a backup center. Chris Paul, campaign, Dario Saric, Landry Shaman. That's probably your core right there. I like that core much better than the Lakers' aging core. You know what I mean? If Lakers, if the Lakers could play defense, I would probably like it a little. I would, yeah, I'd probably take the Lakers over them. But I know I'm getting shooting. I know I'm getting defense, and I know. I can get to the finals with this team. Like we seen it last year. Um, asking a lot from Melo and Trevor Reza and Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn. I don't know how Kendrick Nunn's going to fit. I guess he could be good as like your. I was going to say, I like Kendrick Nunn. I like Rondo. I like Malik Monk. And then uh, uh, Horton Tucker, I also like. Like, I think he's a guy who can give you energy off the bench. And he's he's going to be out for a little while by the yeah. sounds of it. He's injured. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, also playoff time, so. He won't be. And I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what Rondo's going to get you. And again, this team just doesn't fit. You know what I mean? They got a little more shooting, but. And see, I think that's all fair. And I'm not. I don't think you're dumb for saying. Like, I think it's fair. I just think, I do think it's going to work. And I do. I think it's also contingent on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is that. I, I think it's more contingent on Westbrook because. Again, I need. To, I just need to see what him and LeBron look like together. I, I'll have more. I'll probably more to say about this team on December first. But mm-hmm. you know, so tell me why you think the Suns are taking a step back. Well, I doesn't say it's step back as in I don't think they're making the finals. Okay. That that that's like, that. Sorry, I don't mean a step like step back as in I don't think they're going to the finals this year. That's my step back. Because I feel like you know they're on the same path. As and you know, this took a turn for the worse, but I, you know, I feel like you'd feel the same way about them if you're a Suns fan as you were 
an OKC fan after 2012 with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. You know what I mean? You got those young guys, and you got Chris Paul there, and a good bench. Like I don't, I don't know. Houston, Houston's sorry. The Phoenix Suns are going to be. I, I probably have them as my one seed in the West. That's my one seed in the West is the Phoenix I Suns. I have them as my two. Okay, so you have the Lakers, I'm assuming, as the one seed. How many wins you get the Lakers getting? I actually have the Lakers as my three seed. I have them 54 and 28 because I think they're going to have things to work out at the beginning of the season. Who's your one? I actually have the Utah Jazz one. That's interesting because my next question was, what team do you have more confidence in being the Jazz or the Blazers? And it sounds like the Utah. How many wins for the Utah Jazz? 59. I think they're... Okay. But here's the no. thing. I, th- I think the Jazz are kind of... They're the team that I have trust in in the regular season, but not the team I have trust in the postseason. That's essentially like that's where I have them. That's that's fair. I you know they got they were banged up last year, especially Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah for they sure. They gave up. They gave up that insane game six lead to the Clippers. I think they're up twenty six. Mm-hmm. So completely fair if you you know don't have confidence in them. But I think um, they're such. I think I, Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. I think. Their off their offensive scheme works really well. Donovan Mitchell it just keeps getting a little bit better and better every year. They have Mike Conley who's going to come into the season actually healthy. He's and got Joe Ingles. You got Bogdanovich. You've got like their team has Royce O'Neal. They have players, so I definitely think they're they're a tough out and they're definitely a team that's really good in the regular season. But I just postseason wise, I. I don't know. It's it's been something about it. They're one of those teams that just has to show me. I'm not saying they can't, and I'm not saying they won't. I just don't think they will. But like, I don't think they will. But if they did, they just have to show me. So that's personally me. But I think they're a really good team. You sound like a former player when you say that. When you say you got to show you or something. Like sorry. That. Yeah. No. I just. I guess. <laughs> I guess when I just see the same thing over and over, it's like, all right. Well, I will believe in you when you show to me that you can do so. To be fair, I mean, like. This is only what I think. This is year five for that draft class, like Donovan Mitchell and all them. So I mean, he's been, and I believe they've been to the postseason every year. So I get what you're saying. And one of those being the bubble season. Yeah. Oh yeah. For and, the uh, um the ja- the Donovan Mitchell, I have no concerns about. It's their team. Donovan Mitchell keeps getting better and better every year. One of the most hilarious comments I keep th- I think about from now and now is when Joe DiZazzo told me that Kyle Kuzma was going to be better than Donovan Mitchell by the end of their careers. Still, nope. one of the, that was when Kyle Kuzma was known to be Paul George mixed with Kevin Durant, and I don't know where people saw it, but that's fine. When people were comparing uh, Tatum to Kuzma. Who's going to be better? Yeah. Certain Laker fans. Yeah, no, I just I don't I never understood the comp. Like Kuzma was always the third best player out of the Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. Like they were all he was always the third best player, and right now he is still the third best player. Out of those three, all right. Give me a. Give me what you think from the Blazers. Like, where do you have the Blazers seated? Seventh. Seventh. So they're a play-in team. All right. So give me a surprise team from each conference. Then the um, team going to be. Give me an Eastern Conference first, then your Western Conference. Um, um <laughs> I'm not sure if I have really any surprises. Like, I honestly don't think I have all that many surprises. I mean, the Warriors being my fourth may be a surprise, but like I don't even think that's fully a surprise. And then in the East, I don't like the Heat being my three seed. Like, is that a surprise? Like I don't know if that's a surprise. 
that's I'll the, that's the thing I'm looking at right now. Like, I don't think most of these are surprised. I think these are most like understandable. It's not like I have that team really taking a leap, leap. So, I'll give you the two teams I have. So, I would say in the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they can make some noise. I think they could be a playing team option. I kind of like their roster, especially with Evan Mobley. I think he's gonna be pretty good. I think he's gonna be. I don't think he's going to be the best rookie, but I think he's going to be maybe the most impactful rookie for his team. Okay. And uh, so the Cavs in the, yeah, I think they're a playing team option. Could get in. They'll be right on that bubble, I think. I think they'll be a lot better than people think. And then out of the West, the Sacramento Kings. Okay. They actually, if the Kings miss the playoffs this year, I believe it'll be the longest streak in NBA history without missing the playoffs, Mm -hmm. I believe. Something like that. So I had them on that bubble, which they've been like the last couple of years, but I, yeah. I had them kind of having a breakthrough, maybe actually getting those playing games and then, uh, you know, having a real oh. shot at that AC. Oh, that would be, that would be probably mine. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves in my play in. That would be yeah. probably my sleeper. And I have them as the 10th. Yeah. But- People are kind of bullish on the on the T Wolves. I'm not sure how to feel about them. I have no no feel for what Towns, how committed Towns is to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah, fair. people seem to like them. They're real young. They the, still got D'Angelo Russell. They still got D'Angelo Russell, Anthony people. Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. You would think those three alone should be able to get you in contention for the tenth seat. Like you would think those three could get you there at least. And their yeah. roster's not even only just that, obviously. Like, I'm just saying, you would think those three would be able to get you somewhere in the realm. And I personally yeah, think they, that they'll get them in the 10. They definitely have some young talent. Definitely have some young talent. Uh, all right. My last real, real question. Okay. I would say is uh, when they return, <laughs> this is kind of a funny one. When they return, who has a bigger impact? Kyrie? Or Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, because I I don't know when Ky- I no Clay Thompson. I, Give me the hypo- What if the hypothetical that Kyrie does come back? Let's say we see Kyrie. I don't know. Let's say January sixteenth, Kyrie decides he's going to come back. I, Who's got the big impact? Um, you would have. To, I guess you would have to by default say is Kyrie coming back for the Brooklyn Nets? That's a question too. Like yeah, in this in this scenario, in this scenario he's, back he's coming back for the Brooklyn Nets. Then I would say Kyrie would have a little bit just because he doesn't have to knock the rust off, I guess, as much because he's played within the last two years. True, but, but so I would say Kyrie by default. But honestly, I think Clay Thompson is going to have a big impact because if he does come back, bite. I was thinking about this today actually because I was going I was going through. I was like in depthly thinking about these teams. I think he will be back by anywhere from Christmas to like January 16th, as you gave that random date out. I think Clay will be back by then. So I think by the playoffs, he'll offensively be about 95% there. It'll just be defensively where he'll take a hit. But offensively, Clay being almost, if not fully back to semi, like fully back to being Clay moving around on 50 games, especially because his game's not predicated on athleticism. He's still a guy who can go off for 70 at any point. Not that Kyrie can't. I'm not saying that Kyrie. I'm just saying his impact, he'll have a good impact, obviously, back on being on the Warriors. Give me one name that you think is definitively going to be traded. If you had to predict one player that's going to be traded this year, who is it? Kyrie. 
You think Kyrie's getting traded? I do. I think he's going to be getting traded to. I think he's going to be getting traded to a team that doesn't. That's fine with the vaccine rule because I don't. I don't see Kyrie getting vaccinated, and he won't come back if he's not. So I think he'll probably get traded to like a team in Texas or something like that. Like I just don't see him. Only reason I don't. But only reason I don't see that happening is because uh, that's the whole reason Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn was to be with Kyrie. I think because him having James Harden now would be enough. I don't know. I could just I could see Kyrie being moved because it's like if he's not playing for us, I might as well even. even I don't think you're going to get like the greatest even packages for him. But I think he. I think Kyrie's personally going to get moved. But that's me. Or I'd have Kevin Love. Those would be my two. Yeah, I'd, you would think Kevin Love gets moved finally. Like he he seems like a, a prime candidate. The only yeah. reason I don't think Kyrie's getting moved again is just because of Kevin Durant. That's his man. That's his boy. That's fair. Uh-huh. And I think he kind of already would have been traded if you know if it was up to Durant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they'll kind of hold out for him. Give me. All right, I guess if I had to give a name of who's getting traded, I'm gonna say. Hmm. It's obvious, but I think they uh, work out Ben Simmons, so I won't even use that one. I'm not going to say him or Kevin Love because I think they're obvious. Mm -hmm. But I had to give you the next star, and I don't even know if this is going to be the season, but that is what we asked. But I would say Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. At some point. Okay. Uh, And you know what? If we're keeping it, keep it to the original question, who's getting traded this season, I would actually say CJ McCollum. I think there's eventually some sort of trade for CJ. I think he needs to. They need to switch something. And I don't even know about that because they've gotten pretty unlucky and they've had some some interesting roster decisions because when CJ and Dame are on, they're pretty unguardable. Like they... It's, they fit as a backcourt. It's it's a matter of having, you know, good defenders around you. They got Chauncey in there. I don't... Chauncey, I think... I think he had some front office work at one point. Chauncey with the Clippers. Uh, That's someone Dame's going to trust a lot. I, I love Chauncey as a player. I'm interested to see how he does as a coach. He's a, you know, Chauncey's a real laid back dude. Like, you know, he's got that leadership quality to him. When he was on the Pistons, he was he was really the quiet leader of that squad. Like even with Ben, with Rashid, he was that cool, laid back dude who would you know really just keep it afloat. Because there's some crazy dudes on that on those Detroit teams for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. I really have no expectations out of the Blazers. They're always kind of one of my favorite teams to watch year in and year out because of Dane, because of CJ, uh, because of their crowd. They got a great fan base over there. Um, so I have no real expectations. I think like you, you have them at the seven seed. I have them anywhere from like the seven to the five, mm-hmm. you know, max the four if everything breaks out, you know, Dame's in his prime. Um, so that's one of the teams I'm real interested to see. But yeah, I think I think this is the year CJ does get traded, especially if they start off like really well. Yeah. I could see them maybe, you know, who knows what happens with Ben Simmons. Uh-huh. I've been I've been floating the Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum trade to uh to our boy Steve for the last it, like two or three it years. Fits. Like honestly. It fits like, so well for both teams. And uh give me oh shit, we got ten minutes here. I gotta we gotta get going. All right, so um give me, MVP. Hold up before okay. that, give me give me one bold prediction for this year. I have four. Give it to me quick. Rattle them off. Uh, Kevin Durant goes off for 70-plus. All right. LeBron, Westbrook, and AD all have a triple-double in the same game. <laughs> all right. It's next, bold. Next. It's wild. I think Anthony Davis will be with the blocks. Trey Young right. ha- takes mo- 50 shots or more in a game. 
which it would be the That's record. A That's a good one. Who and has a record right now? Do you know? Kobe. In his last game, he went 22 for 50. That's the record? Um, I think in the modern era, yeah, other than like Will, like honestly, but I think in the modern era, it's Kobe with 50. Interesting. I did not know that. Okay, next one. And I, cause I looked, that's when I looked up. And the last one, Luca's going to have a 40 20 20 game. All right, I have three for you. Okay. One similar. I think I kind of jokingly said this, but I mean, I think we could see it happen because I think this dude is the definition of a fucking alien or mm-hmm. a monster, if you will. Shouts to Space Jam, Space Jam 2. Yeah. Uh, Giannis could have a 50 30 game this year. I feel Oh, it. yeah. That, that could happen. It. That could happen. It'd be I, crazy, I, but I, it could happen. I give this one almost every year, but I think it's going to happen. I'm not going to say a player, but I think not a specific player, but I think a player will get a quadruple double this year. Okay. I think this is Could have been Draymond a couple years ago, but he decided to have eight points. <laughs> Could be. Could be. And then, uh, you ready for this one? This is a real bold one. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think Ben Simmons makes a three the first game of the year. Oh. <laughs> oh goodness gracious that actually is a bull <laughs> the first possession of the year he just pulls up for three and hits it I'd be so if you, <laughs> if you want me to extend it to four to match you I'll say Ben Simmons adds a three like, I, this is it Ben Simmons Ben Simmons just starts shooting period like on the regular like he adds it to his game like we've seen in his pickup rounds in the last three years that's my bold prediction. I don't know why I'm giving him so much benefit of the doubt, but that's my four bold predictions. One of, them being that, one of them that he makes a three, game one, and then the other one being that he actually adds to his game and, you know, gets some variety. He progresses like you're supposed that's to. That's a lot. Uh, give me your final four from each conference. Give me your Eastern Conference finals and give me your Western Conference finals. Golden State, L.A. in the West, and Milwaukee in Brooklyn in the East. I have the same in the East and then out of the West. It's I would either have have the Phoenix Suns in the conference finals and that would be either against the Lakers or the Warriors. Uh, okay. Earlier, if you asked me earlier, I probably would have said the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, if you ask me now, I would give it to the Warriors. Even I still have questions about Clay and Draymond. Yep. But yeah, and I think it's just like if with how the health of other teams are. Like if the Clippers were healthy, then. I get it. If the Nuggets were fully healthy, I get it. If Dallas would have made another move, I get it. But like Utah, I just don't have faith in. Like, and that's just and now and those would be your other contending teams, in my opinion. So yeah, I think don't sleep, don't sleep. I I think Utah's got a move in them this year. I think they trade. I think I think Ingles gets moved this year, and you can get whatever back for it. You know, it'd be a package. It'd be Ingles and a couple other players, I'm sure. Yep. But I, I think they get more depth. Uh, I think the Mavs get more depth. I think you know if the Mavs, like I said, I don't, I don't like Jason Kidd as a coach at all. But uh, they're interesting. If they got if they got a like a real impact player and they get anything for Porzingis this year, you know, I mean that could be that could be no, something. They're like, definitely a team that can get be. scary. And uh, the Nuggets, like let Jamal Murray get healthy. I guess he'd be kind of the same as the Clay. Like yeah, with him, it's all about rhythm. You know what I yep. mean? He's he's coming off a pretty serious knee injury, but if he can give them anything. That's a team to look out for. But yeah, I would have Phoenix versus either the Lakers. I'm going to say Lakers for right now. Mm-hmm. For right now. And I'm not confident about that pick, but I, I for sure have the Suns of the Conference Finals. Bucks and Nets, Eastern Conference Finals for sure. That going seven. And I, I, I have no idea who I'm picking out of the East. Like, I have my, I have, I have everything that's picked even, personally. That's even, with, that's even with Kyrie. Like, even with Kyrie, I feel like the Bucks match up with the Nets better than everyone else with Drew Holiday. 
being there. Being hit, he's probably the best defensive guard in the league. You know I, what I mean? I mentally and, uh, did this without Kyrie, but then making a trade. All right, because all right. So I don't think Kyrie is going to be playing for them. So I have them without Kyrie and making a trade for, like, for some. I think they traded for a, like a big like. I don't like not this exact trade, but it's like a Stephen Adams or someone who could help offensively and defensively as a big, and I think that would help them because I think Harden, I as I was as we were talking before, if you could have just traded Kyrie for Harden straight up, I think that team would have been perfectly fine with like Kara Silver and Spencer Dinwiddie and all of them. But I have this team with Kyrie, by the way. This team's better than the team that ended last year. The team that lost the Bucks. You know, even with Kyrie and James Harden, this team's better mm-hmm. than that. So this team's deeper. So if they get Kyrie, they're tough. Man, they're tough, tough. More than tough. Um. So, so who's who the finals and who's winning? Uh, I have L.A. beating Golden State in seven. I have Brooklyn beating Milwaukee in seven. I have Brooklyn beating L.A. in seven. And I. Wow. So here's my, here's my uh thing. This is kind of what my premises is all off of. This is yeah. going to be yeah, the. You gotta hurry up, though, because we got this draft. Yeah, yeah, no, so I know. This is going to be the year of Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant's going to do something. Yeah, yeah, he has. Kevin Durant's going to do something that hasn't been done since 2000. He's going to win NBA Finals MVP, the NBA MVP, and the All Star Game MVP. He's going to do the Shaq. He's do going the Shaq to, MJ. He's doing the Shaq MJ, and I think Hakeem. Possibly could be wrong about Hakeem. I thought it was Hakeem too. I don't know if he's ever won an All Star Game MVP. I could be wrong about that one. I thought it was but, Shaq. Um, I thought it was Shaq, uh, Mike, and Kareem and Hakeem. So you got him as the MVP. Do you have him as your scoring champ as well? Um, I do not. Who's your scoring champ? I think that will. It may be Steph again, and it more maybe Brad Beal. I think it's going to be someone like that who just has to put up buckets. Because I think with Harden, it's going to be hard for him to be the scoring champ, but I think he's definitively going to be the best player on that team this year. This is boring, but I agree with you. I think Durant wins MVP. Uh, my two and three for that, who I think will be right there, I think it's going to be a tight race. I think it'll be between KD, Giannis, and Luka. And uh, I have Steph and, think, and Luka instead of Giannis and Luka. But. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'd throw Steph there too. I'd, I'd put those four, like, Pretty much neck and neck with Durant, and you know who else I'd have in there is James Harden too, because he yes. he had a he had a little bit of argument for it last year. I actually liked him better on Brooklyn than I than I thought. Steve Nash does a great job with him, and he, he doesn't does. really get enough credit for that. He does. And we only got like three minutes here. I don't know why I'm going to fit this in, but according to Steve Nash, also the unquestioned leader on that team is James Harden, which I was not expecting mm-hmm. either. That makes sense, not, though. I guess I would have I would have assumed it was you know Durant. I guess it it makes sense just because Durant's never been the leader leader. Like I guess like it kind of so. wasn't. I, mean, I guess I guess yeah, you're kind of right with that. Yeah, he probably wasn't in OKC. Like Westbrook probably. felt like it probably wasn't OKC. Obviously, in Golden State, it was Steph and Draymond before Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just feels like that person who is like, okay, here are my shoes. Let's go in the core. I'm gonna go drop fifty and I'm gonna go home. Like that's what okay, Kevin Durant feels. So Harden being the leader makes sense to me. All right, we got we got two minutes here. Give me your rookie of the year real quick. Jalen Green. I'm gonna go Evan Mobley, coach of the year. Eric Spolstra. I'm gonna go Rick Carlisle with the Pacers. I have the Heat, fifty six and twenty six. Give me uh, give me your six man. What wait, what what about that makes them the uh, makes him the coach of the year? Because I feel like that's a regular Miami Heat year. Um, 
Kinda, not really, but uh, I, I think they're, yeah, they're going to be the they're going to be the three seed, and I think they're going to be four games off of the Bucks for the best seat, the best record in the league. So I I just think they're going to give it to I think Eric Spolscher is going to show and how white it's to solidify that he's a really good coach, even though we all know it. Um, and you said you said Steph and Brad Beal, Steph or Brad Beal for scoring champ. Yep. I'm going KD there. That's fair. Uh, give me your defense player of the year, uh, Drew Holiday. I'm gonna go Simmons. I'm gonna go oh, Simmons with a surprising one. Uh, six I, man. Oh, go on. Let me go. I'm gonna go Draymond Green for defensive player. Ooh, of the I year. like it. Oh. Now, uh, yeah, six man. Jordan Poole. That's a good one. That's a good one. Golden State's been a lot on him. I'm gonna say, I'll go Bobby Portis. You Bobby know, Port- six okay. man's a weird. Six man's a weird one. It's, yes. You know, it's kind of usually the same five candidates. And uh, I didn't really give my finals, and we got to go literally here in like 30 seconds. But uh, I think my champion will either be, this is this is such a hedge, but it's true. It's either going to be the Nets or the Bucks. Okay. I don't know who's winning that game seven, but whoever wins that game seven is my champion. Okay. All right? This is the Warner Brothers podcast. This was, you know, you got a bit of our uh, NBA predictions here. We'll be back soon. Sorry to Thanks rush at the end, you. but we got important, we got bored important things, things to do. Literally fifteen seconds right here. We're late in the draft, so we're actually all right, but. Yeah, we're out of here. Keenan, great talk to you. Uh, good luck in this draft. <laughs> you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Did you cut it off already? No, we're good. All right. All right. All right yeah, this is the Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back. Keenan, good luck in the draft. Thank you. You as well. Don't don't auto-draft again. I won't auto-draft. I'm, I'm right here ready this time. You know, talking about Kyrie, you drafted Kyrie with an auto draft. I, we, we were shocked in that room. We were in the draft room. We were like, "What the hell is going on with Keenan?" No, I'm so I was so upset when I saw I had Kyrie on my team. So upset. And uh, last thing, as we're already digging into draft time here, uh, I think you said Kyrie multiple times. You think he's going to get traded? I think it's more likely that Kyrie retires than get traded. I think Ooh. he'll retire before he gets traded. Okay. Would not be surprised if he retires this year. But yeah, Warner Brothers Podcast, Kyle Keenan, we're out of here. Have a good one, y'all.